Our text this evening will be read from the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter, verses 28 through 31. That's Matthew 14, 28 through 31. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And he began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? What or who do we lean upon? There are always things that we trust in. And there are things that we lean upon. When we uh, purchase a product, we like to read the reviews to see what kind of feedback others had on that product. You could say that's a word of mouth. A few years ago, I, I uh, wanted to purchase a pair of chess waders to go hunting with my brother. He's really into hunting, so before I decided to purchase a pair, I asked him, and he recommended a, uh, a certain pair off of Amazon. He said, for the money, they will be a very good pair of waders. So I went on to Amazon there, found that product. It had very good reviews. It had very good stars. So I purchased those waders, and then when I got them at my house, they were exactly what I thought they would be. Why? Because I first I trusted in my brother that he would give me good advice, and I also trusted the reviews. I also trusted that the star showed that it must be a good product. So day in and day out, we lean upon certain things, or we trust in certain things. We read in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all the ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There's an example that has been told over and over. I know I've used it at least in Sunday school. It's the story of the, the drowning man that was stuck on a rooftop in a flood, praying for God's help. First it says that a, a man came by in a rowboat, and this man in the rowboat told the man on the roof to jump in. The, the man replied, no, it's okay, I am praying for God to save me. A few minutes later, a, a man came by in a motorboat. He also told the man on the roof to jump in. He said, no, 
I'm praying for God to save me. A few minutes later, a helicopter came. He let down a rope, told the man to grab onto the rope and climb up. The man said, no, it's okay. I'm praying for God to save me. Soon the, the water rose above the rooftop and that man drowned. He gets to heaven and the first question he asks God, why didn't you save me? At that point, God lets him know that I sent you a rowboat, I sent you a motorboat, and I sent you a helicopter. The point of the story, God tried to save this man three times. But this man leaned upon his own understanding. And he could not see that God was in control of this situation and trying to save him the whole time. We want to make sure that we lean upon God's understanding and not upon our, our own understanding. You know, there is a big difference between trusting in the Lord and trusting in others or trusting in material things. People often trust in material things. One thing that humans generally trust in is money. They put a lot of trust in money. A lot of people might buy gold or they might buy some sort of currency, believing that they will be protected. Back in the early 1900s in Germany, they uh, had something called hyperinflation. At that time, the German mark in 1914 was about 4.2 to 1 against the American dollar. It said just nine years later, it was worth 4.2 trillion to 1. It said that workers would bring wheelbarrows just to collect their wages. According to one story, a man had his suitcase stolen and his wages were dumped out. The money in those days became absolutely worthless. There was even stories that people put the money up on their wall for wallpaper. But there was those who trusted in that money. They put their trust that that money one day would be valuable and it would protect them. You know, our human understanding is based on human experiences. The problem with human experiences they can be very limited. To trust in God requires faith. As he works in, in, in ways that we may never fully understand. You know, I think children, they give us a good example how we should trust the Lord. When a child is afraid, they will often cling to their parents. You know, that is how we want to be as a follower of Christ. We want to learn to cling to the Lord. If we learn to lean on our own understanding, we can find ourselves believing in things that may not be rooted in the truth, but rather feelings 
or emotions. My grandpa years ago used to quite often would tell me he never wore his seatbelt. He believed that a seatbelt was more dangerous than wearing one. When he was younger, he had experienced somebody getting in a car accident, and he believed that that man was trapped in his car because of a seatbelt. We know that seatbelts are not dangerous. We know that wearing a seatbelt is more safe than not wearing a seatbelt. But he truly believed that, and he lived to be, I think, 96 years old, and he never wore his seatbelt because he believed in his own mind that that seatbelt was more dangerous than wearing one. We want to make sure that we don't find ourselves believing in something that is not true. Recently, I was reading the story of Noah's life, and it reminded me how Noah leaned upon, if Noah had not leaned upon his own understanding or he had not leaned upon God's understanding, what God had instructed him to do would have absolutely made no sense. In Genesis 6, 8, it reads, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We also want to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. When Noah was about 500 years old, God asked him to build an ark that was going to measure to be 450 feet long. It was going to be 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. He was also commanded to to build this ark out of gopher wood, and he was to waterproof waterproof it with pitch inside and out. This ark also was to have three decks and a door on the side. If we can imagine understanding the supply chain in Noah's days, this task would have seemed nearly impossible. Yet we know, as we read in Luke 18.27, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. As Noah took on this task, if he had leaned upon his own understanding, truly he would have given up. But because he trusted in the Lord, and I truly believe the Lord helped them to build such a massive ark. As Noah was building that ark, I assume that many around him mocked him. The reason I believe that they probably would have mocked him, Noah lived in a desert. This would have been a pretty strange sight to see a man and his sons out there building an ark or a boat and preaching that there was a flood coming. Once the rain started, would those who earlier mocked him would try to break in? That was one thing I would be fearful for. I believe that after I might have got this ark built, that how would this ark protect me as soon as it started to rain? I would have had doubt. I would have worried that those same people that were mocking me making fun of me, that they would now be trying to break into the ark. But we know that God protected Noah and his family. Noah leaned on what God had commanded him, and he was fully taken 
care of. Why? Because he trusted and because he leaned upon the Lord. In the reading from earlier, we learn that Peter had so much trust in Jesus that he was able to walk on water. As, be- as Peter became fearful, and when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he became be- began to sink. We want to make sure that we always keep our eyes upon the Lord. What can we learn from this example? Initially, Peter did not see the storm around him. But as soon as he realized he was in the middle or the turbulence waters, he stopped looking at Jesus and he started to sink. Peter was doing just fine as long as he was focused on the next step. The enemy of our soul wants us to take our focus off the Lord and he wants us to focus on the storms around us. Those storms around us will cause us to be overwhelmed and at times even to give up. You know, it is easy to trust in the Lord when things are going our way. Or I could say maybe going according to our plan. But as soon as life may throw us a curveball, we might get frustrated and panic and give up. There's a the saying I, I sometimes hear in basketball. It is called, trust the process. I looked up the slogan. The slogan was used by fans of the NBA Philadelphia 76ers. In basketball, this meant stay committed, put in the work, and the results will come. We want to be committed in following the Lord. And if we do commit to follow God, he will protect us and guide over us, and he will help us. Jesus always was honest with people and to let them know there is a cost in trusting the Lord. We often don't think there is a cost in trusting the Lord, but there is. That cost is that we must give our life to God. We must be saved. We must surrender our will. Christians often act upon emotion without counting that cost. We can read about the cost of following Jesus in Luke 9, 57 through 62. Here we have the words of Jesus and it, the three would-be followers. The first man here that was mentioned, it talks about Jesus let him know, before you can follow me, you must count that cost. We must count the cost in following Christ. You know what? I, I, I often realize there is no cost really in following Christ. Sometimes we, we often think before we're saved that we're giving something up of value or we're giving up our will. But I have found out that whatever I, I might have given up, the Lord has truly supplied much, much more. There is really no cost at all. But the, but the devil or the Satan, he loves to lie to us or act like there is some sort of cost or we are giving up our will, but truly the Lord will be there for us. 
The second man, he had to bury his father before he could even follow Jesus. We could look at this example and think that Jesus' words sound harsh to this man, but the probability that man's father was not even dead yet. The point Jesus here was making, there is a crucial moment that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we must take full advantage and act at that time. We have all done this. We may put something off until tomorrow, and before we know it, it's years later, and it's still not done. We must act when the Lord stirs our heart. If the Lord is speaking to you, we must act upon it. The third man here wanted to say goodbye to his family and to let, and Jesus let them know the plowman cannot plow a straight line by looking back. Some people are always looking backwards and they might be thinking of the good old days. When we start on this path towards heaven, we want to keep our eyes towards heaven and keep going forward and not look back. We read in Luke 17, 32, it says they remember Lot's wife. We know that Lot's wife, she turned into a pillar of salt for looking back towards Sodom and Gomorrah as her and her family fled. We want to make sure that we are not looking back. If we're saved, we want to make sure that we don't go back to our old ways. We want to make sure that we're always going forward towards heaven. I believe that Peter, he did not fail when he became scared or he started to sink. I like this part. It said that he cried out immediately, Lord, save me. We want to have a relationship with God that when things might not go our way, that we'll cry out to the Lord, Lord, save me. Peter's failures brought him closer to Jesus. And his failures, he found deliverance in the Lord. And the Lord showed up every single time for Peter throughout the Bible. In closing tonight, I want to read one last, uh, or two more verses, but one here in Judges 21, 25. It said, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That means that every man act according to their own preference. This will result in chaos and a sinful lifestyle. God's intent for his people was that he would provide the leadership for them. As long as they would follow God and remain faithful to him, he would provide all their needs. That is the same promise that God has given to us tonight, that if we follow him. It says in Luke 10, 27, and he answered, answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, 
and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. We want to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, and we want to stay as close to the Lord as possible. But before we can learn to trust in the Lord, first, we must be saved. If anyone here is not saved tonight, this is your opportunity to ask the Lord to come into your heart. So God bless you. And the song is 480.